everybody. Let's get started this morning. Um, we, there's some people coming in in a big van, uh, but we, uh, we're going to talk about worship this morning. Michael's not here. He asked me to speak. Um, so just, just as, uh, as we get started, I feel like sometimes when we have expectations, uh, we're disappointed if they're not met. So if you guys could have the lowest possible expectations for me teaching this morning, even if I say something that's a little bit good, you'll be like, hey, you did all right. So just lower those expectations on down there. Um, let me pray. We'll get started. God, thank you so much for, uh, for hope that we have in you. I uh, pray that uh, you would guide our hearts. You would lead us uh, to your throne room this morning. I pray that... Uh, that your glory uh, would be our goal in life, uh, that we would be satisfied in you alone. Uh, I pray that we would just worship you at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing. God, I thank you that we are not the same. Uh, that if we are new in you, uh, you have made us a new creation. You have made us different. Uh, you have given yourself to us. Uh, I pray that... Uh, that your Holy Spirit would speak through me. I pray that you would give me clarity of thought, clarity of words. Um, you would just open our hearts uh, just so that you would be able to work. You'd be able to change this this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Um, so today we're going we're gonna to talk about worship. We're going to kind of dive into what it is, different aspects of it. And uh, hopefully you'll be encouraged, hopefully. Uh, I have a better view of, of what true worship is. Uh, so, in general, worship is just a, a whole life live for the glory of God. But today we're just going to talk about corporate worship. Like every, everything you do in life is worship. Everything you do can glorify God or not glorify God. But today we're just going to talk about, about corporate worship. When we get together, when we sing, um, when we dance, do whatever we do. Uh, so, let me start it by uh, reading something out of a, a book. This is half by Jonathan Piper, half by Jonathan Edwards. Um, it says, the, eth- the essence of authentic corporate worship is the collective experience of heartfelt satisfaction in the glory of God or a trembling that we do not have it and a great longing for it. So, he breaks it into two things so far. He says, true worship is either you have a heartfelt satisfaction in God. That's awesome, if that's what it is. I mean, a heartfelt satisfaction in the glory of God. Or, it says you can have a trembling, a brokenness, that you don't have that satisfaction, and you have a longing for that. So there's there's two things there. Is that perfectly clear? Just to get it started. Um, worship is for the sake of magnifying God, not ourselves. And God is magnified in us when we are satisfied in Him. Therefore, the unchanging essence of worship is heartfelt satisfaction in the glory of God, or the trembling when we do not have it and the longing for it. Nothing makes God more supreme and more central in worship than when a people are utterly persuaded that nothing, not money or prestige or leisure or family or job or health or sports or toys or friends, nothing is going to bring satisfaction to their sinful, guilty, aching hearts besides God. This conviction breeds a people who go hard after God on Sunday morning. 
I love that. I love how he puts that. Um, so let's let's move on with that in our minds. Uh, my buddy Tyler, he was Tyler Levan. Y'all don't know him, do you? From from UNC. I, I lived with him out of, in Kenya, but he was he was a great speaker, great talker, and uh, he he said that worship should not be the exception of our week. It should be the explosion of our week. It's when we come together, when we gather to to encourage each other, to lift one another up, to push each other towards Christ, it should not be the exception that we're praising God. It should be the explosion of a week lived with God, for God. And Tyler, he, he's a great speaker, a uh, super passionate guy. But uh, when he, if I'm ever sitting beside him in church or standing beside him about to sing or singing, uh, he, uh, he's one of those guys that you're like, are you really dancing like that? Like, you know, people see you. I mean, he's just he's just out in the aisle, just wiggling his whole body around. But uh, he's passionate. It's it's genuine worship, and that's what that's what he's given to the Lord. So that's awesome. But uh, worship, I I think it's so much. It's different than than most things because it's an end in itself. Everything else in church, like like. Uh, fellowship when we come together to talk we're we're supposed to the end of that is that we're supposed to encourage each other to lift each other up to move each other in love to stir each other in love so fellowship is not an end in itself it leads to something else um same thing with teaching teaching it is to grow us is to give us a truer picture of christ uh it's to guide us in life so teaching is not an end in itself um evangelizing course that's not an end in itself we want to see people get saved we want the glory of god to be spread um offering when we take up our offerings that's not an end in itself like if <laughs> piper says uh if if it was an end in itself uh we would take up the offering and they would do a ceremonial burning of it and uh, that's not what we do like we use the money for things so worship when when it's true worship, when it's heartfelt, when it's based off truth, uh, that's the end. We're not we're not looking for anything else. We're not looking for these other experiences. Yes, growth and love and uh, faith, increased faith. A lot of stuff can come from that. But if we're worshiping because we want increased faith or because we want that, we want that stuff more than we want God. And when we worship. I mean, that's what we were designed to do. We were designed to glorify God. We are designed to, to lift His name high. And we're doing that. We're doing what we were created to do. So that's, that's an end in itself. So we don't worship to get to the next step. It's not a stepping stone. That's it. Isn't that cool? It's, it's different than everything else. Uh, let me find my spot. I start rambling and I just I lose my spot. All right, let me uh, let me turn to Matthew 15. You guys can turn there as well. Matthew 15, 8 and 9. All right, so we have we have Christ speaking, um, and I want us just to see how worship truly deals with the heart. Uh, let's start in verse eight. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of man. 
So we, we see a few things here. First of all, we can pick out some good things from this. Worship is honoring God. As we see in verse 8, these people honor me with their lips. Um, and we can kind of connect that with, in vain do they worship me. So honoring God and worshiping God, honoring God is a big part of worshiping God. Not that God, not that we are in some way making God honorable, but we are giving Him the honor that is due to Him. He is already honorable. He doesn't need our words. He doesn't need anything from us. He is who He is. He's perfect. He's amazing. He is honorable. So we're not adding anything to that. Um, but it is, it is an act. It's done, it says, with our lips. Um, they honor us. They honor Him with their lips. So worship, it is an action. Like it's, you got to do something, pretty much, you know. Um, at the same time, this is, it, it, it's so easy just to, to sing. It's so easy to, to lift your hand, to close your eyes. It's so easy. And that's, it's kind of scary that it's so easy because it can be so easily faked. Um, and that's what we see here. We see that the Pharisees, Christ is saying, your lips honor me, but your heart is far from me. You're going through all the actions. You're going through all the religious traditions, uh, even some of the traditions that you made up. But your hearts are so far from me. In vain do you worship me. Your worship means nothing to me. And that's what we were created for. We were created to worship God. If our worship means nothing, what's the point, you know? What's the point of life? So, let's see. So we see that worship is an action. So we can, we see people lifting their hands, see people singing, see people dancing, wiggling their bodies. Um, but as I said, this can be scary because it can be so easily faked. So let's kind of, <laughs> let me take an example real quick. If you, if you see a, a talent show, you're going to a little kid's talent show, most of the time you're not going to be just wowed and impressed by what, the little kid does like you're, you're going to clap your heart your heart's probably not too i mean it's it's not too involved in that act like if a, a little kid gets up recites a poem yeah that's good it's not going to excite me i'll clap but my heart is far from being excited from that it's far from the heart of that now if a kid does something incredible like if if he if he gets a guitar and a trampoline and like does backflips while he's singing some song, I'll get excited. Like, my heart will get roused. Out, Like, my clap will be genuine. It'll be from the heart. It won't be something that other people see and uh, they expect me to do it in this situation. Like, when you're in church and other people just expect you to sing, they expect you to clap, raise your hand, do whatever. Um, it's not like that. It's Worship is something where your heart is close to it, where a genuine view of God is what truly shapes you and brings out those emotions. Emotions can't be, they're not something that's forced. It's something that is brought about because of a, a truth. Like if that kid's doing backflips with that guitar and singing, that's amazing. That's going to rouse my emotions. It's the truth that, that that's incredible. At the same time, God, I mean, He is incredible. He, incre he created the world. He, he created the whole universe. And, and at the same time, he came down, like He came down to us so that we could have hope, so that we could have life, so we could have peace and rest and joy in Him. 
Um, and that's amazing. And if our emotions are based on that truth, that's where it's at. Um, let me let's talk more about these emotions. And I don't want... I don't want you guys to think that... I'm going to talk about emotions a good bit this morning. I don't want you guys to think that I'm just being on some emotional, flaky, whatever. Like, I, I know there are churches that either they're they are so... What's the word? They're, they're so stuck in theology, which is, which is awesome, that they would be stuck in theology, in deep, sound theology... Um, but so many times they can be dead if there's not an emotion attached to that truth. At the same time, if you just have a bunch of emotion and uh, no theology, it's going to create a, a weak, flaky people. I mean, it's gonna, there's going to be no effect. There's going to be huge ups and downs in their lives. And, I mean, there's no substance to it. So... <laughs> There's there's this one church in Raleigh. I won't mention the name of it. I've heard I've heard it's gotten a lot better. But I, I went there one Sunday. One of my buddies was like, "Man, this church is awesome. Come." So I went, and uh, they sang a couple normal songs. It was a couple hymny songs, and then they sang one song. And this is like the people during the hymns were just kind of sitting there, but during this song they got excited. Like they they were jumping, they were raising their hands, and the song was about fall. Like it was about the colors of the leaves and in the fall and the seasons. I was like, what is this? But, uh, that, I mean, that creates a flaky people. That creates a weak people. Those people aren't going to affect the world. Like, if, if it's not based on truth, if your emotions aren't based on the truth of who God is and what He's done for us, they're going to go away. They're going to leave. Let's turn to John four twenty three. All right. But the hour is coming, and now is here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. So there's two things He's looking for. He's looking for worshipers who worship Him in spirit. And then the second thing is worship Him in truth. So one part has to be from within, from within our hearts. It has to be real. It has to be genuine. The next part has to be in truth. We have to have a true definition of who God is. We have to have a true a good theology, basically. Um, if we're worshiping a God that we've just created, I mean, we're, we're just worshiping an idol. But God has revealed Himself to us in so many ways in the Scripture. So we have to study Scripture. We have to look at who God says He is and not make up for ourselves who we think God is. So it's so important to have a true perception of who God is. If, I mean, you're just worshiping something you made up. You're worshiping your imagination unless you truly look at who God is. So, from this, we see that worship engages our emotions, and it also engages our thoughts. Um, And as I said, truth without emotion, it produces just a dead orthodoxy. It produces just dead people. But emotions without truth is just as bad. It just produces flaky people. So, True worshipers, I think from from this we can see, this verse, we see that the Father seeks those who worship in spirit and truth. I think that's awesome that the Father actually seeks out 
those who actually worship Him in spirit and in truth. That's such an encouraging thought. But, uh, so He wants us to be deeply emotional about truth. We can't worship. We can't come to church. We can't live a life for Christ without emotions being part of it. So, let me, uh, I printed out some verses and some some things. You guys don't have to turn there. But uh, let's, let's go over some of these emotions. Good emotions for worship. The first one let's look at is brokenness. Brokenness is such a powerful emotion for worship. And it's such, I mean, it's necessary. At some point in your life, you have to be broken. Or you're never, ever going to worship God. Um, Psalm 51, 17, it says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So God wants that brokenness. He wants brokenness in your life. And He wants it not to just have you broken, not to have you go through pain, but to have you be satisfied in Him. He wants that brokenness to lead you towards Him. Um, And it's easy to be broken. I mean, if we think about our sinfulness in the light of God's holiness, just how dirty and sinful we are, in the light of God's perfect holiness. It's easy to be broken. I mean, we are so sinful and He is so perfect and He has done so much for us. Um, so brokenness. Brokenness is a great emotion based on truth that God is holy and we are not. Uh, the next one is a longing, a desire for God. Psalms seventy-three, twenty-five, and 26 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Let me read that once more. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So a longing for God. I mean, as we read earlier, a trembling that we don't have the affections that we should have for God and a longing for that, a longing for God. That is, that's amazing, an amazing emotion for worship. The next is a fear and awe of God. Yes, God is, He is so close to us. He's done so much for us. He is love. But He is also just incredibly powerful. His wrath is incredibly scary. It is. I mean, Jesus Christ, when the wrath of the Father was about to come on Him, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus Christ, who was God, was so scared. I mean, he, he fell to the ground. He sweated blood. He prayed that this would pass from him. Now, if God is scared of God's wrath, that's crazy. Crazy. But uh, Psalm 33, 8 and 9, it said, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants... inhabitants hold on. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. So a true perception of God, of how amazing, how, how fearful that, that his magnitude should make us. Uh, it's healthy. It's healthy to have that view of God. And that's, that's something that can truly aid us in worship. Uh, just to see how magnificent he is. Um, thankfulness. Thankfulness is a great one. Psalms 104. 
It says, enter the gate with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks, give thanks to him. Bless his name. So we are commanded over and over again to give thanks to the Lord. It's a big one. And a couple of these things that I mentioned so far, the fear, um, thankfulness, those things don't just come. They're not a fruit of the Spirit. It's not. If you grow closer to Christ, it's not guaranteed that those things will come out in your life. So we have to work for some of these things. I'm not, I personally, I'm not a thankful person. I'm not, I don't know why. I never have been. But uh, it, it's something I have to work towards. I have to meditate on Scripture. I have to to look at what God has done for me. I have to look at my sinful condition before Christ, uh, before Christ saved me. So it's it's just things that you have to work for. It's not something that, yeah, if I live like this, it's, it's just going to happen. It's not. Some people... Some people it might. Some people are super thankful uh, from the time they were born. They just they turn, shake hands with their mom after they give birth. Uh, I'm I'm not like that. So I don't know if you're like that or not. But but it's something something you have to work for. Um, let's look at peace and joy. Peace and joy are great. It's great to sit back. It's great to rest. In the fact that God is sovereign over us. It's great to sit back and rest that He is in control of everything in our lives, that all things work out for the good of those who love Christ, who have been called according to His purpose. Um, let's look at Matthew eight twenty three. This is just a story of, of when Jesus calms the storm. I heard uh, Brody Holloway at, at Snowbird, he talked about this. It wasn't in this aspect, but... Uh, but it, just, it got me thinking about, about the rest that we can have in, in God. It says, And when he got into the boat, his, disciple fo- his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? So, first of all, unless, I mean, most of the time in our lives, if we're under extreme danger, it's going to be hard to get to sleep. Like if, if we're in a situation that's going to endanger our lives, that's going to put us in peril, it's going to be hard to get to sleep. But Christ is just asleep. I mean, he's in deadly storm. Hey, he doesn't care. He's just asleep. Because he knows the plans that God has for him. He knows um, that God is in control of everything. And he says, are you of little faith? Why are you afraid? So that's that's to us. When, when stuff happens in our lives, it looks like it's out of our control. Why are you afraid? Why do we have such little faith? God is sovereign. He's, he's Nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing is out of his control. And that's amazing. We can rest in that. When we worship, we can rest in that truth. So, these emotions, that, that's all the categories of emotions I'm going to go over today. There's, there's bunches more. But uh, emotions, they can't be forced. They're not, they're not something that we can just sit there and, and think, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be happy. And if you, if you do nothing for it, you're not going to be happy. You're just going to sit there saying you're going to be happy. Nothing's going to happen. 
So it, it, it is something that you can work for. You can work towards it. You can, if we study, if we spend time with Christ, those emotions are going to come. We can work towards that. But it's not something we can just force at an instant. It's not. Like if, if a kid gets a, a present that he doesn't like, like a, say a five-year-old, somebody's Sterling's age, somewhere around there. Uh, if a kid gets a present he doesn't like, like he, you can tell if he's forcing it, right? He's not happy. He might try to smile, but he's not happy. If he gets something he's really wanted, he's really longed for for the whole year, up until his birthday or Christmas, whatever it is, he's happy. He doesn't have to force that emotion. Like, that emotion is real. And if we have a true perception of God, a true perception of what He's done in our lives, if we are in Him, then those emotions should be real. They shouldn't be something that we have to to force. I I don't want us to leave here. I don't want us thinking, yeah, Brandon, he... He said a lot about emotions. He said a lot about this this flaky stuff that can leave us. Our emotions change. Uh, I don't want you to leave here thinking that because in these two ver- well in the two sections we talked about where where Christ said uh, that the Father seeks those who worship in spirit and in truth, and in the the section where it says uh, that in vain do they worship me; their hearts are far from me. Our emotions are important. Jesus Christ, from His mouth, our emotions are necessary for worship. It is not something that's, that is flaky if there is something to back it up. It's not something that is weak if there is substance to it. So, I just, I don't know. I, God is so passionate about His glory. And if, if our hearts are close to His, we're going to be passionate about it too. And if you're passionate about something, you're not going to be you're not going to be dead. You're going to you're going to have emotion. There's going to be stuff rising up in you. Um, so, if our hearts are close to God, we are going to be passionate for God because He is passionate for God. He is passionate for His glory. Um, I don't want us to be like the Pharisees who just come here and just sing. They they sing. They go through all the motions, but their hearts are dead. Their hearts are far from God. I want us to to come and if our hearts are far from God this morning I want us to realize that that He has saved us He has come down He has brought us close to Him He is close to us Um, so just know that be broken over that be broken that our hearts aren't in the condition they should be and let that lead you to worship I uh you know the Bible where it talks about how, how God, He would rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. I think that's the same with worship. Like if you, He doesn't want lukewarm worshipers. I think lukewarm worship, I think it turns the stomach of Christ. It makes Him spit you out. It makes Him vomit you out. He doesn't want that worship. Lukewarm worship, I think it's brought about by lukewarm lives. And God says He would even rather have you cold than being lukewarm. Yeah, he'd rather have you hot. But it's saying, it says at the same time, he'd rather have you cold. So if you're just sitting on the fence, if you're just coming, going through the motions in your life, God would rather have you cold. He'd rather have you turn your back, run away from him, than to be like that, than to just be sitting on the fence. And that's a hard truth. It's a hard truth.
but it's the truth. So when we worship, we're good. we got three more songs this morning. I want us to, uh, to truly think about our hearts, truly think about our emotions, truly put ourselves into this worship. Because it, we're not trying to get to something else. Worship is what we're trying to get to. Worship of God is where we want our hearts. So let's, I don't know, let's, let's just take a minute and uh, just pray. Pray that your hearts are, are where they need to be. Pray that you would worship God in spirit and the truth. Uh, pray that he would just, just speak to you, show you who he is. And uh, this is the last thing I want to say. True worship, true worship that delights God is the drawing near of your heart to his with genuine feelings in response to his glory. So that's what I want to leave you with. Uh, so just, just pray for a minute. We'll get set up. God, I pray that you would be glorious in our eyes. You'd be glorious in our hearts. I pray that we would come to you in worship. Uh, I pray that you would draw our hearts to you. Uh, we'd, you would give us desires for your glory. Give us desires for your heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.